Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. It's the start of your sporting weekend. This is Sports Talk. Good evening and welcome to our weekly look when it's not Easter or Christmas at what's been happening in local sport. The March of Doom is over for Mansfield Town with just two points picked up over the month, although it ended positively with a draw against runaway leaders Northampton. On tonight's show we hear from boss Adam Murray about what's been learned as we go into the last five weeks of the season. And we've Stags defender Ryan Tafazzoli. He's out of contract this summer but says he'd like to stay if possible and keep working with Murray. He's, um, for me, hands down the best manager outside of the Premiership. That's a big thing for me because I, I want to improve as much as I can as a footballer and I know if I'm playing underneath Adam Murray I'm going to become twice the footballer I am now. We talk futsal with the Mansell Town team, there's cricket with new Derbyshire four-day captain Billy Godelman and the latest on the proposed boxing bout between the world's two oldest fighters including Mansfield's Steve Ward. All that and the sports talk predictor Morris's minute moan and the Mansell Town weekly prize draw makes it another packed show so let's get underway. Good evening and welcome to Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. I'm Jason Harrison. Tim Morris is in the studio. Good evening, Tim. Good afternoon, Jason. Yeah, well, it's, well you can call it afternoon now, yeah, can't you know? It's pretty summertime. How was Easter? Was it a good one? Yeah, lots of chocolate, yes. which is always good. Lots of visiting family and friends. Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah, lots of animal sitting as well, didn't you? That's noticed? right, yeah. Fishes, dogs, you name it. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, set myself up in business. Mongoose? Mong- no, sadly not. No. no. No, you, you disappoint me there. But <laughs> what about on the pitch, uh, football-wise and sports-wise over the Easter? There was certainly a lot to get your teeth into, wasn't there? <laughs> Stags-wise, I think the F word again. Fr- <laughs> Sorry? Frustration, <laughs> no, no okay. doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Away from Stags, you know, you, you look at the fighting in the rugby league, you think if that had been football, it would have been on the front pages day yeah. after day after day. Mm. Terrible scenes for me in the boxing. Couldn't believe, couldn't yeah, understand we'll why shortly. the referee didn't stop that. Yeah. Cricket, what a terrific week for England's T20. Yeah, it's all been happening and we'll talk about it over the next 90 minutes here on Mansfield 103.2. Uh, right, let's find out what's been happening out on today's uh, sports news because uh, there has been a lot going off once again. And we start with Mansfield Town boss Adam Murray, who's been explaining why he's brought in former Preston and Carlisle striker Carl Hawley as a coach on a short-term basis. They've been friends since boys' football, and Murray feels Hawley, who enjoyed a prolific football league career, can help the Stags' frontmen. And he says that includes 14-goal hero Matt Green. Carl had a chat with Green the other day, and there was a real enthusiasm about what could possibly be done there. So um, I think for all our strikers, that the strikers coming through the club, he's played at, at championship level and uh, scored goals, and I think he, he's averaged something like that. One, one in two, one in three through all his career. I think he's had 23 goals this season as well. So um, it's just another one percent that I'm looking at. The Premier League's back after the international break and Leicester manager Claudio Ranieri says the next six weeks are the biggest in the club's history. They're five points clear at the top of the table looking to achieve an extraordinary title success. Ranieri says they can't let the significance of this run of games affect them. Never uh, Leicester have been at this level at the end of the season to fight for something unbelievable at the beginning of the season. But now for us it's important to be focused on the next match without thinking next matches. Former Mansell Town defender Paul Heckingbottom will lead Barnsley out as caretaker boss at Wembley this weekend. They take on Oxford in the final of the Johnston's Paint Trophy on Sunday afternoon. Meanwhile, in the Oxford camp, ex-Stags defender Johnny Mullins is a doubt after picking up a groin injury in Monday's draw at Cambridge. England Test cricket captain Alistair Cook reckons success at the World 2020 can rub off on all forms of the game. He's been watching from afar as England reach Sunday's final, where they'll face the West Indies in Kolkata. Cook says he's been impressed with how they performed when their backs are against the wall. For me, that's been very pleasing, watching the character the guys have shown and performed under, under the pressure, knowing that there is no second chance. And that, that can only be a good thing for that 2020 side and give them, give them a lot of confidence for Sunday. Um, but also the guys who play there in the test team. And in rugby union, centre Joe Cobden is due to start his first game in almost two years through injury for Nottingham in the Championship tonight. The Green and Whites welcome relegation-threatened Ealing Trailfinders to Lady Bay for a 7.45 kickoff. There are two other changes made by Martin Haag, with Rupert Cooper switching to second row, whilst Rob Langley comes in as blindside flanker. That's your Mansfield 103.2 Sports Update. Tony Delahunty is back with your local news at the top of the hour. 
So plenty to talk about over the next 90 minutes or so. We'll talk cricket and boxing shortly, Tim. But there we go. Premier League's back. Yep. Are Leicester going to do it? It's been, do you want been them really, to do it? I want them to do it. Of course I do, yes. We, not because I like Leicester City particularly. You know, and any other season, we'd have all been jumping up and down. His Spurs had won it, saying, great, somebody <laughs> outside the, you know, the, the usual four clubs, if you like, winning it. Mm. It's just such a thing for fans to aspire to, isn't it? You know, one season, you're going to be relegated, and then you pull off a magic, magic last two months to stay up, and then you just continue the momentum next season to go and win the league. It's like when Forrest, if you like, got into the, uh, the old first division, you know, on the back of winning the second division title and just took it by storm and everybody says oh they're going to blow up at some point in the season and they never did gives all football fans hope and for their own clubs and the fact as well that more sky money is going into the sort of middle ranked premier yep. league sides is this going to happen more and more do you think as we go through i think it's needed it over the last 10 years definitely or so. i don't i'm not quite sure why, where you can put your finger on it why the likes of manchester city chelsea i think they just all Arsenal dipped this at the season, same time that's right no is there a particular reason for that is is it because they didn't buy very well in this summer i think that's probably the case with mm. chelsea and manchester city and even Arsenal really although they, they bought a really good goalkeeper I think it's obviously uh, in the future those sort of clubs are going to look at the summer spending and be a lot more vigilant if you like of other mm. clubs and wary of what could happen I noticed as well I know one of your minute moans a while back was about the European Super, the Super League, League yeah, going and, and, and that started being mentioned again hasn't it the yeah. fact that, that perhaps those meetings weren't as uh, innocent as, as you, you, you were as right you, you got you a finger said. on the button I know you were playing devil's advocate yeah. but, but uh, it's going to happen at some point there's no doubt about it whatsoever you know whether it's money from the, the guy in America or whether it ends up being Chinese money or money from wherever at some point there's going to be a breakaway trying Super to keep League the likes of Leicester out of it as well yeah. Exactly, yeah. It'll only be, you know, it's so-called big clubs who can guarantee, you know, 50,000 people watching them. Mm. So that matters to the ordinary fan. Well, as long as Mansfield Town are all around, we'll be all right, won't we? Here yeah. On Mansfield 103. <laughs> can you imagine stags in Europe? Oh, oh. Definitely. I can, I can see De- that straight yes. away. Yep. Superb. Right, let's talk more uh, about football shortly, shall we? After about six o'clock, we'll be talking stags and looking back at the three games that have been played uh, since we were last here a fortnight ago. But let's uh, turn our eye to boxing. Uh, the oldest fighter in the world, Mansell Steve Ward, is hoping to get in the ring uh, later this year with the man who took the title off in December. If it comes off, it means a combined age of 119 between the two boxers, and Steve told me the possibility of a bout is getting ever closer. Well, the latest situation is the WBU, the World Boxing Union, are here in talks. Now that's a good thing, because once that starts, normally it's not long after mm. you can get some decisions made. They're talking to Mr. Virgil L. Virgil L, big promoter, also five times uh, middleweight champion of the world, mm. credited very, very much so. He's also a former Olympian, silver medalist, and he's also in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> So what a man to have as a promoter. Yes, absolutely. He's interested in doing it. He comes out of Williston, North Dakota. The man I'm going to fight, or hoping to fight at this moment, comes from Williston, <laughs> North Dakota. <laughs> so they know each other very well. Oh, they are big, big friends. But uh, that doesn't bother me. No. In fact, I can use that to my aid. It helps the show come on quicker. Mm. Uh, of course it is Mike Palmer you're going to be fighting, and you've been in close contact with him recently, haven't you? Yeah, I uh, I like to do my own legwork. I've always been the same as you know. If I get a bee in my bonnet, I sort it out. I go for it. And I, uh, I managed to find out where it was in America and so forth after a lot, a lot of phone calls. <laughs> In fact, my wife hadn't had the bill yet, so I'm not saying too much on that. <laughs> Any jobs at the radio, because I'll be moving out soon. Uh, yeah, I tracked him down. He's really, really up for this. Now, he was coming in at 17 stone four. Big, big man. Six foot, six and a half. Very big. I'm coming in, well, I was coming in round about 14, three at that time when I first spoke to him he'd got to come down to roughly 16.4 and I'll let you know now he's done it <laughs> so he's really serious mm-hmm. I've got to go up to approximately 16 so it's it's very close weight mm-hmm. I'm on my way there now I'm about 15.3, 15.4 so I'm well on the way and it's a fight between two people of very different backgrounds as well isn't it? <laughs> It is, because I'm a, I'm an humble guy. 
I do some parts delivering for a automotive place called Sutton Auto Factors. That's the buzz for him. I want to raise. Uh, he own, owns Petroleum Services USA. In other words, he's a billionaire. He's got a bob or two. He has. But that won't help him when he's in that ring. It won't help him at all. In that ring, it's him and me. He's only three months younger than me. That's why it's a, a super veteran fight. That'll be between 56 and 60 years old. Hopefully, in August, and it could take part in either California or North Dakota. Mm. But this is what we're hoping for. Nothing's official as regards it yet. No contracts have been signed, but major talks are taking place at the moment. So it will take place in America, should it go ahead? I believe so, yes. Yeah. It'd be nice to get out there. Plus, let's be honest, that's where the money is. So uh, I'd all be for it. Of course, if it is in California, you've got to acclimatise. So we might... <laughs> Any excuse we might holiday, yeah. We might yeah. nip a good five weeks of solidy in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd write to the wife regularly and let her know how the weather oh, is. Oh, you're not taking her with you? Of course I am. You <laughs> wouldn't dare, would you? Wouldn't I dare wouldn't not. dare not. Yeah. That'd be a bigger fight than the one I'm going to have. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he's really up for it, Palmer is. I'm up for it. Let's get it on. It'd be good for you to get into a ring as well with someone your own age for it, rather than some of these young whippersnappers as well, I suppose. Well, I'll be able to baffle him with a speed now. Yeah? Yeah, it, it will be good. The first four rounds will be the danger part because of his size. Mm. After that, it'll be a lot of weight to carry around for him. For yourself as well, you're doing a lot of, whilst you're doing all this, you, you keep yourself in trim, as you were saying, and you're also doing a lot of coaching work, aren't you? Yeah, I'm still staying fit. I've got to. I'm just ticking over at present, but as soon as that green light is is on, then that's it. The training picks up, and everything else around me takes a second place. Do you know everything. when? Do you know when you're likely to find out, or is it just a case of just waiting by the phone and getting the call? It could be in about the next fortnight. I'm hoping for the next fortnight. Let's get something concrete down. Let's get these contracts signed, and let's get on with it. Of course, he'll probably have the best trainers going, as you can well imagine. But uh, I'm not too worried. I've got something up my sleeve. I've got a Welshman who's going to enjoy training me. I won't say his name yet, but he was a world champion. That's a clue. That's always interesting when you speak to uh, Steve Ward. Always gives us a little bit of tidbits. It should be an interesting one, should it happen. Uh, Steve Ward against Mike Palmer, uh, the two oldest fighters in the world, going head-to-head, hopefully, in America later this year. Short break, when we come back, we'll talk with Tim Morris about it and about what has been a, a, a difficult week for boxing, shall we say. And we'll also talk cricket with Billy Godelman, so stay with us. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. Later on the show, we'll be hearing from Stags boss Adam Murray and from centre back Ryan Tuffazoli. We'll also be uh, speaking with the Mansfield Town futsal uh, team. We've also got cricket shortly, but uh, before the break, for the in the first part of the show, we were hearing from Steve Ward. Looks like the fight might be on, uh, Tim, for the two oldest fighters in the world. Steve Ward, he'll be 60, and yep. Mike Palmer will be 59, 59 getting in the right, ring. Yeah. Well, I think it's definitely going to happen, isn't mm. it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think Steve will be bigging it up that much. <laughs> if, if it wasn't going to happen at some point, you know... He wants it to happen. He, he wants it to happen. He's making it happen, if you like. And talk about chalk and cheese, you know, fighting a billionaire, and he's, you know, <laughs> Steve's most down-to-earth person you could wish to meet, but equally, probably the most nice person you could wish to meet. It sounds like something that could be a, a movie. You could make a, well, you could make a story of it all, right. couldn't you? They're talking about football and Jamie Vardy, <laughs> aren't they, making a movie? Why not make one about Steve as well? You know, mm. equally great story. Fantastic to see it happening, and for Steve because uh, boxing's in his blood but I'm oh, yeah. sure he and a lot of people have been having to defend the sport this week with what happened uh, with Nick Blackwell I saw the fight on Saturday it was yep. a, a bruising affair uh, and it ended up with Nick Blackwell unfortunately uh, being in an induced coma That's this right, week yeah. hopefully they're bringing him out of it over the next, next couple of days, couple of days and, said, and, yeah. and we'll see what what needs to be yeah. done if it needs to be done uh, and what was your view of it because there's been all the talk about the referee should have stepped in earlier yeah. Chris Eubank uh, was so, seen to be saying things like go for Body. That's right. He told. He, well, he, I think he did. I think he's come out afterwards and said he specifically told his son, you know, don't aim for the head because mm. he could see. And he obviously thinking back to the Michael Watson days as well. What damage could have been caused because he could see 
he was struggling. If mm. I, mean. I know you said to me off air, well, you know, he, he kept showing signs well, of fighting back. Well, that's the first back. sign, isn't it? A referee, if, if the, the boxer is not showing any signs, yeah. then that's pretty much when you get them out you of there, whatever. In. But yeah. he was, he kept going and he seemed, you know, he was there with it and all that sort of thing. And it wasn't anything exterior apart from a bloody nose yeah. that would suggest there was anything going on until that tenth mi- minute, you know, the tenth yeah. round when his yeah, uh, eye... Yeah, but why, therefore, did Chris Eubank know Mm. Something was wrong before that, you know, and the referee was experienced. He should, for me, he, he should have known that. Mm. But I read a great column in the week in one of the papers, I think it was Martin Samuels in the Daily Mail, says, at the end of the day, that's what boxing's about. Yeah. You know, the people in there are fighting each other to hurt them mm. to win the fight, and you've got to accept that that, that might happen. And they know what it's going to be in the ring. They don't, they don't yep. get shirk away from it. They say, well, we know there's always that risk, but it's something that we want to do, uh, and that's just, why the, the calls to ban the sport well, seems right, a bit because, well, odd, really, and you can't really do it. It's, it's two ways looking at it, though, isn't it? Yes, you should, you know, do, what sort of society do we want? Do you mm. want a nanny state where you're not allowed to do anything that's dangerous and you're wrapped in cotton wool, or you're allowed to, within reason, go out there and risk your life? The problem, of course, you could argue is, who is, you know, it's now costing the NHS and whatever to, to look after him, you know, there's, there's consequences like that, and... I don't know, is, is it worth risking your life for? But isn't there all the points as well that boxing as a sport has helped a lot of people? Yep. A lot of, a lot of youngsters yes. who perhaps haven't got a, an yep. aim in life. Uh, you discipline. go to Boyd and Gym, for instance, yep. in Mansfield, I'm sure they'd say the same thing. We've Definitely. helped people get them on the right track, do things. It's, it's a noble sport and, and all that sort yep. of thing. It's had a lot of good like, things. Like, like we said about rugby the other day when we, we were talking about it and the injuries you get in rugby, the self-discipline boxing teaches you is fantastic and I wouldn't want to ban boxing, but you've got, there's got to be a way of making it safer once you're in the ring in a fight and that for me that's got to be referees if it means stepping in sooner than they have done mm. then that's got to be well, the way forward Chris Eubanks Senior was saying ex-boxers becoming referees yeah, the problem is we, we talk about that in all sorts of sports yeah. because the money's not there mm. They don't want to do they it. They don't want to do it. No. And, you know, you can't blame them for that. You can't force them to do it. You've seen, though, that, I mean, the fact that he got medical help straight away yeah. on Saturday is a huge difference from... Yeah, going uh, back the, to the Michael Watson The Michael Watson, where he Mo- didn't get any medical tr- treatment no. for, for minutes. That's right. Yeah, divine. Obviously, with injuries like that, it is the first few seconds, the first few minutes can make such a difference long-term to your recovery. Yeah, you're right. It's come forward leaps and bounds in, in those terms, if you like, over the years, but... The bottom line is, you know, the two boxes are in the ring to hurt each other, and that is going to be a consequence always at some point in time. Is that acceptable in today's society? Probably it is. I mean, you think back, was it two months ago, the, um, not the wrestling, the, what, what do you call it, fight, the, um, you, you know, the, the kick, kickboxing yeah. stroke. UFC, isn't it? Yeah, UFC. UFC. And there was the um, guy there, you know, virtually being strangled. Mm. And you know, it need, and because their rules state, you know, until you've actually banged your hand down or whatever, you know, the fight goes on. Well, like you were saying about, you know, he was fighting back the boxer. Well, yeah, but that's a natural instinct, if yeah, you like. But yeah. you've probably lost your mind at that point. But you're still flaying around, fighting back. That's why I think referees in whatever sport is have got to come step in sooner. Well, there's always been a debate about boxing, whether it should be banned or whether yep. it should keep going. And I'm sure it'll be something that will keep going. We hope that Nick Blackwell is fine and, uh, you know, can get back into a ring. Uh, in the past, we've seen things like this and it's ended boxing careers and we've seen boxers this week you'd come out su- afterwards. Yeah, and say, you'd be surprised, wouldn't you, if yeah. you wanted to come back into the ring having suffered an injury like that. Mm, well, we'll uh, hope for the best for Nick Blackwell over the next Definitely, few days. Yeah. And good luck to Steve Ward as well in this yeah. battle of the two oldest fighters in the world later on. Uh, this year. But let's uh, move on to cricket, shall we? Three years ago, uh, Billy Godelman had a spell in the Notts Premier League with Welbeck. Well, now he's the new four-day captain at Derbyshire. A batsman, uh, Billy Godelman, told Man to 3.2's Tony Delahunty that it's been an incredible last few weeks for him. I'm incredibly privileged to have got the opportunity to captain Derbyshire and as you said my first 18 months at the club were were very challenging both on and off the field but since Graham Welsh head coach has taken over and his management team I've been incredibly well supported and I feel like my game has, has developed a long way and, and now I have the opportunity to uh, to lead the club. In fairness to you, you you'd had a great start to your career as a youngster and then as a, a young adult and then it sort of slipped away a little bit and seemed to be slipping further away and somehow you've brought it back and you've given credit to others but there must have been some really tough times yeah there were some 
incredibly tough times. I was reasonably successful um, from a young age and in hindsight I think my understanding of my ability was incorrect. I thought I was a lot better than I actually was and I tried to move my career on miles too quickly and when I moved from Middlesex to Essex I had three really challenging years where I understood that actually I wasn't quite as good as I thought I was and that was really difficult to deal with internally and around my game. I was then released by Essex and really fortunate and grateful for the opportunity that Derby gave me three years back when that happened. And then my transition into Derby, as we already covered, it started off in the same vein as when I was at Essex and it looked like I wasn't going to be able to do what I love for a living and feel so blessed to do for a living anymore. But over the last 18 months, with some incredibly important support from Graham Walsh and the club at Derby, I've managed to, to perform more consistently. And at one stage, you actually came into Nottinghamshire and you played for Welbeck, didn't you? You helped them out in the Premier League. I did. I've got some very fond memories of that. I didn't score as many runs as I'd like to, but I made some really good friends and my Saturdays in Welbeck and in the Notts Premier League was always something I looked forward to and I have some really good memories from my time there. Yeah, I seem to remember I was sort of your agent in arranging that, if I, if I can remember. That, that was right, and a very fine one at that, if I may, uh, if I may add. <laughs> well, you've, you've got, I think that I think that's tongue in cheek, but never mind. Now this this year for Derbyshire, well, what sort of season do you, do you think you're going to have? At the minute, we're not focusing on any particular outcomes in, in any formats of the game. We've still got weeks until the first ball bowled away at Bristol against Gloucester in the first first class game of the year. And I think at the moment, it's very important that we make sure that as a team and, and as individuals, we're ready for that first ball against Gloucester. Before you came to Derbyshire, of course you played for clubs in the southern hemisphere of Britain if it, yeah. can I put it that way and of course you're a London lad from I think East London if I remember rightly sure. uh, yeah uh, had you ever been north of Watford other than to play cricket before that <laughs> never and I always felt quite uncomfortable when I had to so um, the fact that I'm very well settled in the East Midlands now and enjoying my life with a young family is, is quite a turn of that. How hard are you training at the moment? Yeah, training hard and hard work is important but also wise work is most important so I think that's the message that we're sharing with the squad at the minute to make sure that we're ready for that first game against Gloucester. Billy Godelman, the new four-day captain of Derbyshire. When you think in 2013, he came to Welbeck and his, well, his life and county cricket was a threat, wasn't it? Well, it shows it's an amazing three years for Definitely, him. and even two years ago, you know, Derbyshire, think, you know, thinking about getting rid of him, he was mm. all uh, up and down all over the place, if you like. I and mean, what a comeback. Last year, stepped in for the captain for a few matches, obviously impressed the powers that be and now been given his great chance. Yeah, hopefully he will have a great summer with Derbyshire and Nottinghamshire yeah. as well. They, I think they start a week Sunday, the county they championship do, yeah. in Nottinghamshire. It's all coming very quickly. Yeah, yeah and so uh, we'll keep today with all that and then the Knotts Premier League starts in three weeks time and we have got uh, coverage of that throughout the summer here on Mansfield 103.2 before all that though World 2020 final action Great. in Kolkata on uh, Sunday England against the West Indies it's a, uh, a rematch of the first game in yeah. the tournament for Ama- amazing who would have thought it when you know, all the doom gloom merchants were saying after England had got battered by one player Chris Gale mm. it was over sort of thing <laughs> what what a comeback you know, after the South Africa win pulled that out of the fire since then even though they had a bit of a wobble against Afghanistan Afghanistan, the timing it right and everything, you know, mm. momentum, we talk about it a lot in sport, don't we? Have they timed it just right? Let's hope so. Well, you think they're a different side than, than when they faced West Indies at the start because they came into it with in, in different form, yeah. but now they're, they're so the much run. more confident, particularly the batting side, mm. although having said that in the semi-final, it was probably the bowling that really clinched it mm. in, in the last sort of five overs. That was, you know, New Zealand, we were thought we were going to get 200 and post a really good score. Didn't get anywhere near it. And then, of course, England just paced the, the run chase fantastically. Sunday afternoon then, that as well. Yep. Good luck to England in the World 2020 final. Quick break when we come back, we'll have the news uh, with Tony Delahunty. And then uh, we'll have the weather with Tim Morris, right as always. And then we'll start <laughs> talking stags as well and look back at the three games that have been on since we were last year on Sports Talk. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com at around about eight minutes past six and it's nice to look down Woodhouse Road and actually That's see what's right. going on yeah time for pre-season friendly <laughs> <laughs> it's getting close towards the end of the season yeah. it's unbelievable what five weeks now five yeah that's all yeah 
Unbelievable. May, May is only a month away, and of course, we know it, the season ends right at the beginning of May this year. So Plus playoffs. In, in which case, it won't be the beginning of May. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got my hotel booked. No, at the end of May. <laughs> Shame, really, but we'll see. You never know. Things you never happen. know. Things can happen. So yes, this means we're going to start talking to Stags now here on Mansfield 103.2. Uh, it's been a fortnight since we last did because the Stags were away last Friday and I think the least said about that one uh, the better. But we're going to have to very shortly uh, because uh, the two weeks uh, that we've just had have concluded what Mansfield Town boss Adam Murray's called the March of Doom with this run of games starting with a home draw with Portsmouth. Yes, here Plays it into Green. Green shoots and scores! Matt Green from 10 yards! has put Mansfield down into the lead here and it's the new boy Diasuri with an assist there Green got beyond the defence still had work to do as Portsmouth retreated and with the left foot from 10 yards Green has his 12th of the season and the Stags are ahead on 26 minutes Davis takes the corner and it's gone into the net it's an out goal I feel did it come off Tapazoli there came off his shin just a few yards from the goal line the referee has the whistle in the mouth it's full time here at the One Call Stadium and it's finished Mansfield Town 1 Portsmouth 1 Wickham send it forward down this near right hand side good turn there by Wickham ball into the box by Harriman and it comes now and it's in the net it's stuck in and it's beaten Scott Shearer the shot didn't look even to be on but it's deceived Mansfield Town as it sneaks into the far corner that's the full time whistle Wickham Wanderers have emerged victorious by a goal to nil Mansfield Town have a free kick Benning will take it 30 yards out on this near touch line Barry yeah! who came out and simply didn't get enough on it. Break it to the Stags, eight yard inside Northampton territory. Deep ball in by Clements and Green's done it again. Matt Green has flicked it into the back of the net from close range once more. Just four minutes after he put Mansfield Town ahead. Clements this time the architect. Stags 2 Northampton nil. Forward ball now to Mark Lee. Was he fouled there? Play continues. Referee's ball play back and Jamie Maguire could be in trouble here. He's received a yellow. That's his second. Jamie Maguire is sent towards the tunnel. Shearer is still backtracking towards his goal. Northampton take the throw quickly. Players goes down. It's a penalty to Northampton Town. The foul there on the Collins. Here comes the penalty to Northampton. Shearer sent the wrong way. Home scores. This is the fourth corner to the Cobblers. Taken by Rose. In swing out. Goalkeeper's come for He's lost it. And he's sent it to the net. Shearer lost the ball there. And Marquis is the man who has given them the leveller. The referee does signal full time at the end of a gripping contest here on Easter Monday. It's finished Mansfield Town 2, Northampton 2. So there we go. And what comes tomorrow? The Stags away at Hartlepool United. Again, another of the informed sides. Yep. Unbelievable when I looked at the, the list, because you don't really keep an eye on everybody, and then, yeah. so, well, they haven't Craig lost Hig- since... Craig Higginson, an amazing yeah. job. Haven't yeah. lost in six, not even conceded in four. Yeah. Hartley Paul tomorrow, so time for the Stags to sort it out tomorrow. <laughs> well, yeah. Exclusive commentary here on Mansfield 103.2. We'll look back at the uh, three games with Tim Morris shortly, but uh, Mansfield Town enter April then in optimistic spirits, not least because uh, Adam, Bor- Adam Murray, the Stags boss, is just delighted that we can consign last month finally uh, to the history books. Marge Doom was me putting it nicely. If I could bleep things out, it would have been a lot worse than that, but no, it was a bad month, when not it? It was um, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong because we had like I said before my press on uh, Monday you've got people going off on international duty you've got people getting banned you've got goals going in from um, situations they shouldn't be going in you've got last minute goals going in against you and it, not confidence it was as a group everything was like well, what's next Mickey Moore broke his laptop screen coming in it was um, it was a bad you time you didn't have a coffee in the morning I didn't have a coffee and it was uh it was a bad month, but I think we, we look at the Portsmouth performance, we look at um, Saturday's performance, 
against two of the best teams in the league um, and we have to take positives from them do you know what I mean We've what, what's done us this season is we haven't come out of the top 10 for 90% of it and and that's been our downfall because everyone expects you to be up there then when realistically we if we get into the top half of the table this season for this football club it's, it's an achievement so um, our early success probably put a burden on us but it's it's something that we we, we, we aim to achieve and um, I keep saying to the players it doesn't matter who we're up against you're good enough to compete with all of them we've shown that the thing we need to do and, and what I keep saying is it comes with time is be consistent and the games that you can't win because sometimes you can't win games you don't lose and that the more I'm speaking to other managers um, they've all got different time limits I spoke to one the other day who's in the top seven and he said when I get to 65 minutes and it's nil-nil I take nil-nil I don't go and try and win it I don't go and try and um, leave us vulnerable we take the point and um that's where I think I need to be a little bit more cuter and instead of at nil-nil, Yeovil, we, we went for the game and ended up losing and you come away and that's a point on the door. And I think it's um, Newport was the same, we wanted to win that bad because we we had kind of the top seven set in our sides that we, we went for it again and last minute you lose 1-0. Um, so little things like that have, have, uh, have hindered us but the, the consistency thing will come large part of this group will be here next season we'll add a little bit of more X-Factor in areas that we feel will improve us um, and we'll, we'll have another good season the aim now is to like I say get to 60 points as quick as we can push on from there 7 games to go 7 times 3 is 21 so 21 points to play for and those first three are well done I was trying to work out whether you were wrong there or right but you are right um, yeah looking at Saturday of course it's Hartlepool um, a lot of people have written you off already for the playoffs eight points away with seven to play it's too far they're saying but you win on Saturday all the results go your way five points adrift with six games to play it gets closer again doesn't it yeah and that we said, didn't we, at the start of the season, it was always going to be a, a tight affair. I mean, you say people are real soft, people are real soft at the start of the season, that's nothing new. Did anyone really expect us to get in the playoffs? No, they didn't. Let's be honest, even when we was in there, people were saying the wheels would fall off. Um, now, that that is a, a thing what we... Um, we will get better on with time. That's your consistency thing. That's like you look at Wickham's. They've had two, well, three years with that team now, and it's um, it comes with time. I was looking at the South End team last night, and they're up there again but they've had the same team for nearly four years now and it's it's uh, as much as people hate it because you have to have patience you, you have to keep putting building blocks in place and we will keep keep building we'll keep improving we, we need to add certain bits to the squad but um, that was always going to be the case and you never know we win Saturday Just, uh, t- all the teams are playing each other again and like you say you come away from me and yeah, everybody's mind changes again and all of a sudden you, you're going to win the Champions League again so um, our aim we're not looking at the league now we're focusing on our performances and, and putting performances in like we did Saturday being ruthless in one end and um, solid in the other and um you, you never know this, this this will go down to the wire we're, we're involved in it or we're not involved in it it'll go to the wire so that was Adam Murray speaking at yesterday's press conference ahead of that trip to Hartlepool United interesting to hear him uh, speaking there he also said that he was looking for, uh, soon to get to 60 points as soon yeah. as possible uh, I mean how do you think that Mansfield can get into that top seven or do you think it is now just a step too far I think it would take an ama- amazing amazingly consistent realm when we've not been consistent all season to do it mm. but I could easily see us winning tomorrow we're talking about Hartlepool's uh, statistics well they're there to be beaten aren't mm. they on such a good unbeaten road not conceding goals it'd be just like us to go there and, and get a win which we did a, a couple of years ago was it last year anyway yeah and then then like you say we could be back in the mix but could we then go on and win a home game so that's the, the big you know, would be the big decider if it got us, got as far as that. Yeah, interesting as well. You said on Monday before the game against Northampton, this, these are the sort of games that you'd expect after the, the Wickham was yeah. a disappointing day all round. You said it was up for Mansfield to just come out against Northampton and, and really show them. Which is exactly what we did. Yeah, yeah what a tremendous start. How, how, how strange, if you like, to see Matt Green get two headers. But the Stags have clearly done yeah. their homework, mm. putting pressure on the goalkeeper, putting in free kicks at that bit deeper because they knew the goalkeeper had had a few dodgy weeks before that. Surely they would also have known that there would be uh, people like Maguire would be targeted, and they must have known that Northampton had got a reputation for gamesmanship as mm. one or two other teams towards the top of the table. You want referees to be consistent, 
Yeah. And be strong. Yeah. And, well, and they weren't. Yeah, well, I wasn't at the game. I was here in the studio. So all I've seen are the highlights of the incidents that took place. But yep. you saw the whole game yep. as a whole and you saw from, all the decisions the, that were made by the from referee. From the start, Northampton players were going to ground. Every time they were tackled, they were moaning to the linesman in front of us in the uh, Ian Grease stand, upper and lower. Hmm. And wherever there was a challenge whether it was for Northampton against they made it plain to the referee they thought there'd been a foul they'd stay down they'd throw themselves to the pitch and then obviously just bob up and run away so nothing had happened five minutes later it took the referee 80 minutes to finally yeah. book one of the Northampton players for diving that's you know and it, everybody in the ground could see it happening people have criticised Jamie Maguire yes he was quite rightly booked for the first challenge had his arm up why was Marquise the Northampton player then not booked for running over and pushing Jamie Maguire in the chest right under the referee's nose no excuse for inconsistency from referees like that mm. the second challenge he got sent off for looked a tangle of legs it was a tangle of legs you know people who've watched it again and again and again insist he was the victim not the aggressor in mm. that instance either way from the video evidence it wasn't a booking and therefore a second yellow card and sending off but people are such saying well Jamie Maguire's got history he was clearly targeted by Northampton and the manager that's you know they got, they got their wish if you like by getting him sent off and Adam Murray let Wilder know didn't he no one's in terms by the looks of things yeah. what he thought of that as, as it happened but for me the Stags rallied really well they didn't Adam Murray didn't go defensive he didn't pull a striker off straight away he left two up top and you know they did shoot themselves just a little bit in the foot with the two goals unfortunately for me Scott Shearer made the mistake for the first one he should have cleared the ball led to a quick throw for Northampton and was it a penalty wasn't it a penalty well by the letter of the well, law when you look it at Jackie Elka and the foul on exactly. Jackie Elka for, for the Netherlands yeah. second goal on Tuesday they're thinking well this is crazy if that's not a foul then exactly. that wasn't a foul so where's the consistency once again with referees mm. and then the second goal well you have to say Scott Shearer again you know probably could have done better from a corner just like he could have done with the Portsmouth equaliser a couple of weeks earlier. Yeah, I think the whole point was consistency. Adam Murray wasn't sort of arguing against Maguire sending off. I probably would do in some some circumstances. But he was saying, yeah, okay, if that was two yellows, then there was a lot yeah. of situations where Northampton players should have got two yellows exactly. as well. I and mean, no doubt Jamie Maguire's got a reputation with some referees mm. because of his tough tackling. But mm. surely the likes of Northampton and Oxford and Portsmouth are going to have a reputation for diving. Yeah. Why aren't referees stamping that sort of thing out? The only course thing is then other fans and perhaps the players themselves are thinking well if it's good enough for them we're going to have to do it mm. to try and win decisions and you have to say Jack Thomas probably did a similar thing towards the end of the game for us and was perhaps look, lucky not to get a second booking mm. sending off for his diving Prior to that before the, we go on to our next bin here from Ryan Tabasoli there were two other games as well the home draw with Portsmouth Again and played the, well yeah, and the away defeat at Wickham where we were just, again, now, perhaps not gamesmanship so much at Wickham, but just a team that wants to spoil the game. Mm. The ball's out of play nearly as long, long as it's in play. They obviously set the stall out to win games 1-0. And as Adam Murray said, I think he's right in that interview, we've got to be that bit cuter and try and see games out if, if we're in front or see games out and hold on for a point not not get wound up by gamesmanship and perhaps and it's an awful thing to say if there's a time to show it and use it yourself well, we're going to have to start doing it if the referees aren't going to stamp down on it mm. but when he was saying about shutting up shop in games nil-nil, he named the Oval game, didn't he? Well, of course, the Oval game away, we went for it and got a late winner, so it swings and roundabouts. Uh, and whether, whichever way you look at it, and he's, talked, he's called it the March of Doom, and it was always going to be tough, but two points from the, the games, they're not good enough, is it, really, when, no. you, when you look at it? The problem is, isn't it, for me, there's two, there's two problems. We're not winning the home games, you know, and I think it's one win in nine now overall, mm. but it's the defence, isn't it? We've had one clean sheet since October, that that's not going to get you into the playoffs. But bizarrely, as I said to you off air, one clean sheet. But we've got the best defensive record outside the well, top not seven. Been any real so we're not getting thumped, are yeah. we? That's right. Yeah. You know, we, we're losing one nil too often. Hmm. Well, we'll find out what happens tomorrow when the Stags travel to Hartlepool and when Nathan Thomas will rear and his head. He's got, he's got a point to prove. He's in form. Uh, you know, we've got to look out for him. But it would be just like the Stags to want to prove a point against him. You know, yeah. a tough challenge early on, and he'll go missing. Well, you know, that's what happens with Nathan, yep. don't you? But so we'll see what happens with that tomorrow. Exclusive commentary here on Mansfield 103.2. When we come back after this short break, we'll be hearing from Stag centre back Ryan Taffazoli, who had glowing words for the boss earlier on this week. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com. Sports talk here on Mansfield 103.2. Let's hear from centre back Ryan Tavazzoli. We're waiting to see if he'll be fit for Mantle Town's trip to Hartlepool tomorrow. He picked up a dead leg early in Monday's home draw with Northampton. I remember a ball was played into me and I tried to turn out and 
I think as I've turned out, the um, their striker John Marquise has has carried on going in the direction of where I'm standing, and he's just his knees just gone straight into my into the top of my leg, and it's just caused it to tighten up straight away. And I knew then that I wouldn't be able to carry on. And I, wouldn't, I don't think I would have done myself justice if I did carry on. No, so. no. and as I say, it was, um, you wanted to be out there and play, didn't you? To sort of put right the wrongs from Friday. Um, and we've heard from uh, Boss Adam Murray, he said it wasn't a poor performance, but you just felt that you could have done a lot better and you wanted to prove people right on, on Monday. Yeah, I mean, I think we proved a lot to a lot of people against Northampton because obviously they're an unbelievable side. I think they've got one of the best records in Europe after Barcelona or something crazy like that. So for us to be 2-0 up against them at half-time with 11 men. I know Jamie Maguire got sent off right at the end of the first half. I mean, I, th I think something to be very proud of. You know, they haven't lost in, what is it, 26, 25, 26 games now. And I'm sure if we did have 11 men on the pitch, we would have beaten them. So I think there's a lot of positives to take from that game. And um, it just shows that, you know, we, we are a lot... We are a very good side and we just have to believe it. And um, if we do that, like we did against Northampton, we can go on and... Beat, beat the big, big boys in this league. Yeah, it ended what was a tough March with a little bit of optimism, didn't it? Because March was a, a very difficult month. Yeah, obviously, you know, we've had... Um, it hasn't been up to our standards in terms of the results. I mean, we put in some good performances. I know the results have not gone our way, but, you know, when you look at the games against, for example, Yeovil and teams like that, we've, we've played well. It's just sometimes you don't get the rubber to green. And um, I think for us now... Getting March out of the way is, is, is um, it can help us psychologically, you know, just the fact that March has gone and we're into April now. So um, we're going to take the positives from the Northampton game and we're just going to literally go into every game for the remainder of this season, um, confident, um, high in belief and hoping to um, pick up as many results as possible. And that seventh spot is still there and is still available, isn't it? It is, definitely. I mean, I think the, t the two teams playing last night, Sheffield United and uh, Southend, they're both, they're both fighting for the playoffs and they're further off the playoffs than we are in League One. I know it's a different league, but um, if we... I know it's, it's unlike, but if we did win every game to the end of the season, you know, we're, we're probably going to be in the playoffs. So we have to just go into every game with the mentality that we're going to win and... Um, you never know what can happen. We can in this league, you get back-to-back -back wins or three, four wins in a row. You, you, you're right up the table. So, hopefully, um, hopefully we can we can put go on a little run now and start climbing the table again. Yeah, Hartlepool on Saturday, and as we heard from Murray earlier on, playing one of the sides towards the, the bottom of the table. But like Newport, like Yeovil, they've really picked up in recent weeks, haven't they? Yeah, it'll be like playing against a top team. You know, I think they're top of the form table at the minute, so it's not going to be playing against a team who are who are down there in the league it's going to be playing it's going to be basically playing against another big boy so we need to make sure we're right on it and like I said just go out there with, with, with good belief and I'm sure the result will take care of itself mm. A couple of ex-Stags players in there as well Nathan Thomas and Rakesh Bingham I suppose it would be good to catch up with them again Yeah it will be you know obviously we're all good mates off the pitch but on the day we've, we are enemies like we won't I won't talk to them till after the game because um, they are the opposition so You don't talk to them before you don't nah not not really nah I like to get like to get focused before the game and um get my head on it so um but yeah they're, they're two good players and we know what they're about so we'll um we'll, we'll be prepared for it and for yourself as well five weeks away from the end of the season everyone is going to start talking contracts and speculation for yourself uh, where do you envision yourself being next season would you like to be in Mansfield Adam Murray says he wants to keep you yeah definitely I mean what, you, what you've seen this season is um, it's just a progression throughout the whole seat throughout the season in terms of what we're about um what we're trying to become you know you look at the teams at the top end of the table now and they've just become good well old, old machines the likes of Oxford's over over the last two seasons have put together um good teams and I mean playing playing under this gaffer here he, he, he's turned me from a boy to a man he really has he's um he's brought me on massively and I couldn't speak highly enough of him you know he's um for me, hands down, the best the best manager outside of the Premiership. Like, I, and I, that's a, that's a big thing for me because I, I, I want to improve as much as I can as a footballer. And I know he will. This time next year, I know if I'm playing underneath um, Adam Murray, I'm gonna become twice the footballer I am now. So that's that's a massive thing for me. So um, 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I suppose as a footballer, you just want to see progression, you want to see things improving and developing. As long as that's happening, you're satisfied and, and content, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. And um, like I said, I don't think there's anyone... And there's, there's no managers out there who would, who would improve me as much as Adam Murray has, do you know what I mean? Because this season, I've, I think, from the start of the season till now, I, I can look at myself and I can name a lot of things I've improved on, what I've, what I've worked on. It's, it hasn't been that long of a, a period compared to the first three years I was here. So, after, I, I mean, that's, that's a massive factor for me. Um, being able to work underneath the gaffer here again will be... Will be um, unbelievable. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned areas that you've improved in. Where do you think you have improved? Just all all round, really. I'd say just every, every in every aspect. So technically, um, I think the biggest one for me though is becoming is like I said, going from a boy to a man. I think I've um, I think he's, he's he's taught me how to become a leader, how to set examples, how to influence other players how to get the best out of my teammates and I think that's what's, um, what I've probably improved on the most <laughs> Do you look back then at the Ryan Tuffers only a couple of years ago and think that's a completely different creature? Yeah definitely definitely I mean that was uh, back then I was a lot mentally weaker you know you are at that age when, you, when you're coming into a, a, a first team in and you've, you've just started off playing in League Two. I mean, you, you get down. You don't really know what first in football's about too much. Um, but now, yeah, I'm definitely a different, a different animal now, and I have to, I have to put that all down to the gaffer. Fantastic. And well, finally, back to Saturday. Then trip to Hartlepool. Three points come back from there. Could be five points away from the playoffs. It could be a, a great Saturday. Yeah, definitely. I mean. We just want to build some momentum now, so if we can get a good result at, at Hartlepool um, and then go into the next game, I think is it um, who's a hot after Hartlepool? Is it Carlisle away? Sorry, yeah, and then Notts County, whatever. We extra, we can we can go on a run. I mean, all the, the next four teams, they're all beatable. So if we can just put in a good shift on Saturday, I'm sure we'll um, we'll start building momentum and really take this into the to the final straight of the season. Ryan Tafazzoli there speaking at this week's press conference and a lot of fans want Ryan Tafazzoli here at the club uh, next season yep. and it sounds pretty positive. From that interview, it sounds like he wants to be here, mm. doesn't it? I mean, obviously you don't know what might happen in this summer and if somebody from you know, a higher division came in and offered more money and whatever surely he'd want to go you know, and better himself but you know, say he was a League One club you know, and just a mediocre one yeah. on, on paper. Would he be any be- any better off there than being with Mansfield next season? This Mansfield team can only get better. Adam Murray is going to learn an awful lot from his first full season in charge. Mm. As you said to me earlier, the teams at the top this year are teams that have built, this kept the squad together for two or three years, haven't they? And they get stronger, they get more confident. That's how you get out of League Two. That could happen to us next season if we keep the nucleus of the squad and then just add some quality in midfield and desperately, desperately somebody up front alongside Matt Green. Some big praise as well for Adam Murray. Yep. Best manager outside of the Premier League. Now, I know this is going to be a subjective thing, isn't it? But I think right. what Ryan is, is sort of saying there is no other manager could have brought me on in the last year as in, Adam in, Murray In the way done. Adam Murray's done. And we, and we know from talking to Adam Murray ourselves, don't we? And you, and you listen to him in interviews and in meetings, like, he's a great man manager. He knows how to inspire people. He knows how to get the more out of somebody and how to improve them and make them want to improve themselves. I think that's the most important thing. Mm. Getting the, the players under him and his staff as well to want to better themselves and get the best out of their own attributes which he, he can spot for them so he's right in, in, as you said he's the best manager for Ryan Tafazzoli not the best manager outside the uh, Premier League I'll let Adam Murray answer <laughs> yeah. on that one I'm sure next yeah, time but I'm game. sure Adam Murray <laughs> wouldn't yeah, suggest he was himself as he keeps saying you know, he's learning all the time mm. Great to hear from Ryan Tavazzoli and uh, we'll keep up to date with that as we go through the summer here on Mansfield 103.2 and all the other changes uh, as we go through towards next season. Uh, but when we take this short break, we'll come back and we'll have the weekly prize drawn. We'll talk futsal as well and uh, hear from the Mansfield Town team that's doing very well at this moment in time. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com <laughs> 
Welcome back to Sports Talk here on this Friday evening here on Mansell 103.2. And let's have this week's Mansell Town Weekly Prize Draw Results, sponsored as always by the Mansfield Mobility Centre. 14 prizes up for grabs this week. The full list of winners is on the club's official website, mansfieldtown.net. And we start with a bottle of wine, courtesy of Mansfield Manor Hotel. That goes to 348, Mr M. A bottle of wine from the sponsors, Mansfield Mobility Centre, 461, James Weaver. A free round of golf, one person at Mansfield Golf Club, 441, David Watts. A Mansfield Town Football in the Community Voucher goes to 6117, that's Mr G Shirley. Family pass for Water Meadows in Mansfield, 393, Gary the winner this week. A meal voucher to the value of £15 at the Black Bull in Mansfield, 195, Andy Giles. A meal for two at the Railway Inn in Mansfield, 1340, Jake Allsop, well done Jake. Two bar meals at the King's Arms Pop Inn in Mansfield, 475, Karen Bell. Sunday lunch, which is two courses for two people at the Lakeside in Plesley, 1360, that's Jenna. A £20 meal voucher in the Crown and Anchor Bar and Restaurant in Mansfield. 75 is the winning ticket this week and that's Mav at Brackets Railway. £25 voucher for Frankie and Benny's. 462, that's Ronnie who's won that this time round. And the top three this week. Meal for two voucher in the Sandy Pate Sports Bar goes to 477 Natalie Bell. Two match day tickets goes to 372 Sam Guy. And first prize this week which is £240 goes to this ticket. 173. Tim Boskill has got that this week. Well done Tim. You have won the £240 this time round. To claim your prize, call in at the Stags Ticket Office. You must have your winning ticket with you uh, when you go there. Or you can call the club 01623 482482 to have your own regular number and play automatically from just £1 a week. That's this week's Mansfield Town Weekly Prize. Draw results sponsored by the Mansfield Mobility Centre. Sports Talk here on Mansfield 103.2. Let's talk futsal now, shall we? A number of local youngsters are currently representing Mansfield Town in various leagues in the sport. It's a great way to combine playing sport with getting a good education. Mark Link and Scott Rogers are heavily involved in the running of the course at the Wankel Stadium. And Scott told Mansfield 103.2's Matt Freeman a bit of its history. We've been running it here for three years. Um, Mark's sat next to me has been doing it for that full three years. I've only been here about seven months. Um, it's, it's gone really well. Um, Mark will comment more on the playing side in a minute but at the minute two of our three teams are top of the league um, we've got 19 lads on the course at the minute and um, just looking to, to recruit more for, for the next year Seems like a thing that is expanding generally in a lot of professional clubs up and down the country at the minute I mean what do you think it is that's kick-starting that? I think the fact that some players that maybe haven't gone so well in the 11-a-side game or have been released by academies etc 11-a-side um, have taken it on they've seen the European Championships have been on TV recently so they've seen that and it's just basically a, a, it's, it's a really fun version of version of football so I think that's why a lot of sides and a lot of people have taken to it because it's just another avenue to go down in the 11 side game So you also take care of some of the sort of teaching do you? Yeah it's a educational course as well um, the lads when they finish the course will get finished with three A levels um, so that's brilliant for people wanting to go to universities, jobs next year. Um, the way we split it, we have sort of a first year group and a second year group. Um, one group will train in the morning with Mark and the other group will do education with me in the classroom. And then after dinner, the group swap over. Um, so Linky will take the group that we're doing education in the morning and I'll take the group that we're training in the morning and, and do the education side with them. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you sort of get out of it personally, really being involved in the project? I really enjoy it. Um, we were saying before, um, not too many people may have heard of futsal or really know what it is, and, and I didn't before I, I took the job. Um, but say so I've taken to it really quickly. I really enjoy it. Really enjoy being involved in it. Um, the teaching side of it, we've just had two lads apply for university. Um, they've both had five conditional offers back, so that's brilliant for me on the teaching side. Obviously, I see it as my job now to get them through the qualification and, and pass them on to the university that they want to get into. Yeah, I think I was reading somewhere as well, did you come through the ranks a bit here but then have sort of injury issues here and there? So what's it like to still be involved with Mansfield Town as well? Yeah, I was here in the youth team. Um, Mark Link and Mark Hemingway were my managers in the youth team. Um, got a first team contract, um, didn't really work out, left, played locally, non-league. Um, broke my leg last year, um, so I went into coaching. Um, that's how I got into the job through coaching and going into the schools and that's part of the other work that we do um, and then took on the work the work in futsal and, and stayed in it that way um, from Mansfield um, lived in Mansfield all my life support Mansfield supported Mansfield all my life so to, to come back and work for work for the club it's really good 
and is it alright now sort of working on the same level as the guys that were your coaches not very long ago yeah it's, it's, a, it's a bit strange sometimes um, remember when they used to shout at me when I did something wrong but, <laughs> but yeah it's really good I'm really enjoying it so let's look into the sort of playing side of things as well a, a little bit now with, uh, with Mark Link I mean um, obviously the team's doing quite well at the minute can futsal help people become better footballers as well it, it can yeah I mean the first group that we actually had um, before we we knew we was definitely going to enter into this football league trust event uh, we didn't really have much time to, to recruit uh, luckily for us we run a Saturday morning club um, uh, street games so we, we basically recruited the first bunch of lads from there uh, and to be fair none of them really had any experience not even in 11 aside other than with us on a Saturday morning um, <clears throat> I, I you know from the beginning of the season to the end we saw an improvement um, so towards the end of that season you know I know it's an educational programme but we want to recruit footballers as well um, you know so we can actually compete in the in the leagues uh, so now we're actually recruiting players from Saturday clubs Sunday clubs so they are they have got some form of background within football uh, and with futsal being so technical and tactical um, I think some of the lads have been took by surprise how, how quick it is compared to 11 aside um, <clears throat> I, I encourage them whether it's 11 aside or futsal to, to keep the ball on the floor I, lo- I love to see that you know from the goalkeeper and uh, people not being afraid to to try something new uh, to try something different with the ball whether it's some form of skill and uh, li- li- talking to the lads um, watching them on a weekend from from playing from playing with futsal I can definitely see the technical side of the of their game that's improved Um they seem a lot more confident on the ball because in futsal they they encouraged to to receive the ball in in pressure situations tight situations so uh, they've they've got to deal with that and I think it's kind of showing in their 11 aside game as well so tell me a little bit more about the programme that uh, people can go on then so it's sort of from school leaver age ideally isn't it a couple of years what can people do it is it's uh, we're looking for year 11 students so once they've left uh, to come with us on a two year programme um it's a BTEC uh, Level 3 National Extended Diploma, um, which at the end of completion of the course, they will gain up to uh, 3A levels. So if they then want to go and further their education at university, they have those qualifications to do so. If it's wanting to go straight into to work themselves, you know, they, they've got a, a pretty good... Uh, education to, to go and do that as long with us we do football in the community so we actually take the the lads into the schools with us so they are gaining some form of refereeing uh, and coaching experience um, you know if it ever comes down the line that we are looking to recruit here at football in the community then these would be the first people that we'd go to i mean there's quite a few of them that are doing really well with us and they've really took it on you know it can be quite daunting when you go into coach little kids and especially at the young age that they are but a lot of them are really took took it with both hands and, and are doing quite well yeah how do you see the lads develop I suppose off the field as well yeah yeah. They, I mean the, the confidence has really come on from, from the first day when we got them in the classroom and we you know we explained what we were doing and tried to get them to talk to each other we didn't really get anything from them now they, they know the members of staff they know each other they get, they're going into the schools um, dealing with, with children and teachers and parents the, the confidence has really you know really come on uh, and I can see a, a massive pro- improvement from when they first came to, to now and I suppose also finally what is your sort of aim with the futsal team how would you like to see it grow what would be a success for you uh, well at the moment um, on the futsal side I mean out of the, the, the two of the leagues that we're actually in we are actually currently top of, of both leagues uh, I mean it's, it's a very high standard we, we're playing in uh, we're playing teams such as Derby County Nottingham Forest Stoke City Leicester City um, you know and, and the performances and, and things that, that we're doing in training as you know we're really coming on a, as a group and I think the lads have really grasped the sport now of futsal you know going from 11 aside to futsal um, I just hope now we can keep going uh, you know we're three quarters of the way through the season 
if we can you know win the both titles that'd be a great achievement especially with it being his third season uh, and then the next aim of that would be to actually go to nationals if we qualify uh, and see how we can go on against the rest of the clubs that was Mark Link. Before that was Scott Rogers speaking to Mantle on 3.2's Matt Friedman about Mansfield Town and its futsal programme. You can get more details about it on the club's website, mansfieldtown.net. When we come back, it is Morris's Minute Moan and the Sports Talk Predictor with Trevor next. Mansfield 103.2 Sports with United Carpets and Beds. Visit us in store for the latest deals on flooring and beds at Mansfield Woodhouse and Kirkby and Ashfield. UnitedCarpetsandBeds.com Morris's Minute Moan. I don't totally agree with him. It's just down to greed. Oh, dear. Well, she's either angry or drunk. Dear, oh dear. Why are we playing this game? We don't need to play it. Dear, dear, dear. I would throw them both out. It's obscene. It's a disgrace. Some people just moan for the sake of it. And I think it will be just a minute you've got today, Tim, because we're quickly uh, running out of time. You've got 60 seconds to talk about something in the world of sports uh, that's really been getting on your nerves this week. We know it's football, we know it's Sky TV, so let's find out, Tim, your minute starts now. Right. I could be highlighting the ridiculous situation in boxing that we mentioned earlier when he had Chris Eubank pleading with his son not to hit his opponent in the head as the fight went on to avoid causing further damage. Or rugby league, where you've got players entering the crowd to save their own family from brawling fans, but a report about Sky's plans for Premier League football coverage next season left me speechless. Well, well almost. Sky's looking to turn its new Friday night Premier League football live coverage into a showbiz fest. Next season, for the first of three years, they're going to have 12 matches on a Friday night. Reports suggest the presenters are going to be Holly Willoughby, James Corden or Vernon Kay. Can you believe it? The idea is to make the show more spectacular, apparently, to ensure fans on a night out, night out choose to go into pubs and clubs that screen live football it's more likely to make them stay away in my opinion if the presentation is showbiz led there's going to come a point when football and its over the top self promotion will lead to its implosion and in some ways for me that can't come soon enough 60 seconds up fair enough Um, I can see the thinking behind it because really? if you look at it, well if you look in America uh, Monday Night Football their, their American football wasn't a big hit until yep. in the 70s they showbizized it and they had right, showbiz correct. people coming yes, in yes. and they made it a big occasion correct, correct. and that's what got them yes. the viewers yes, and everything you're, you're spot on so, right. so basically what Sky are probably trying to do here is do with that, you know, but they've, but they've already tried that with the Monday night football in this country, probably going back as long ago as ten years ago, but with Sky the dancing Strikers, girls, etc. And what did that do? But they didn't have Holly Willoughby, Holly Willoughby, can't even say it, and James Corden. No, but people turned off in the droves for they don't want show business mixed with football. Particularly, mm. you, might, you know, even when you get the odd interview with the likes of Russell Brand, you, you know, people go mad on social media saying we don't want this on Match of the Day. You know, and you had that ridiculous thing of him kissing Sam Allardyce and whatever. You know, we want to talk about football. You know, and the analysis and whatever. Yes, if you're going to a ground widen the entertainment if you like and you have your half-time entertainment pre-match entertainment yes I'm all for that and draw the families in but if you're watching it on the television or going out to the pub to watch it you don't want to watch the lights of Holly Willoughby presenting <laughs> it I'm sorry you can watch basically all the other programmes that are on BBC and ITV for things like that I Ex- suppose. exactly you know football is football yeah, we've got a sports channel mm. to show sports not to show light entertainment it might end up being on Sky 1 it might end up becoming this thing which is a big family entertainment yeah. show with a bit of football in it getting other people interested in football that probably now, wouldn't if, do it if normally if that is the case, and like you say, they, ha- they have it on Sky One, so it's not just for football subscribers or sports subscribers. Fair play, I would say, fair enough. Yeah, and if they put it on free-to-air television, which of course they won't do, but if you know if they did something like that to widen the audience, fair enough. And maybe it's probably because let's be fair about it, the Friday night games won't be the best games available. Exactly. So to get the crowds and the audiences and the viewing figures in... They've got to do something different, yeah. I understand that, and why are they only having 12 in this season as well, <laughs> which is madness. If you're going to start something, like you say, they should have made it regular every Friday night, virtually, mm. apart from bank holidays, internationals and whatever, and make it the top picks, but as you say, the top picks will continue to be probably Sunday afternoon. Well, I'll be watching anyway, because I'll be watching the Super League, because that's <laughs> on a Friday night, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? So I'll be watching that instead. So uh, let's Let's uh, move on, shall we, on that bombshell. <laughs> I'm sure somebody used to say. Somebody Mr. used to be on the, on the BBC. <laughs> Sports Top Predictor time here on Man 2 103.2, where myself and Tim go up against a random number generator called Trevor. 
to see how well we can predict football scores over the last couple of weeks. We've been doing it whilst we've been off. I've got five points over the two weeks. Uh, I did say that Mansell Town and Portsmouth would draw 1-1. Uh, you got uh, two points, Tim, because uh, you got a couple right last weekend. And Trevor just got the one in the last two weeks. It's uh, three points to get the score right, uh, the result right. Is that right? No, the score line no. is right. It's three points. Yeah. If it's the result that's right, a win, one lose, point. or draw, yeah. it is one point as well. So at the moment, I've got 79. Tim, you're on 71. And Trevor is bringing up the rear. It's unbelievable, isn't he? He's on he's 69. On he is indeed. So, Big time. He's bottled it, basically. Well, what he's decided to do, I, I got a statement from his uh, people, I'd say he's become very superstitious with the fact that ever since he became the new Trevor, the posh-sounding Trevor, yep. he's not done very, very well. And I think he can't keep up with the repayments as well for the new uh, <laughs> the new voice box. Pay, pay so, the so he is back to his old self. Hello, Trevor. Hello. Ah, good That's to see you, Trevor. Like are, you, it, yeah. are you pleased to be back in your normal self? Yes. Ah, that's good. Right, let's move on, shall we? And see if this brings a change of fortune well, if, for if, him. If it does, it's worrying. <laughs> and for you, Tim, well, you just need to start picking up points. Eight points, you're behind me. You're like Mansfield Town chasing the I am the Mansfield Town, basically. Yes, <laughs> and I am Wickham Wanderers. Oh, great. Right, let's <laughs> move on. Cardiff City versus Derby <laughs> County is the first game uh, of the weekend. Trevor, what do you think? Four. 4-2 to Cardiff City. I've gone 2-1, Cardiff City. Tim? Uh, because you've gone 2-1, I'm <laughs> going to go for it. I did say it earlier, to be fair. A draw, 1-1. Uh, 1-1. All starting to get tactical here. It's getting to the business end of the season. Yeah. Northampton Town against Notts County. Tim? <sighs> <laughs> Minus one point to both clubs, but uh, OK, 3-0 to Northampton. 3-0 to Northampton. I've gone 3-1, Northampton. Uh, what do you think, Trevor? Uh, he's gone for a Notts County win, you see. Tactical. Randomly generated <laughs> no, is Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor just picks these numbers out of the air, and we're trying to see if we can uh, do better than him. Yeah, And we are at the moment, which is good. Uh, so St Andrews against South Normanton Athletic. I've gone 2-1 to St Andrews. Sorry, South Normanton, because it's a it's quite a big high it top is. of the table yeah. clash, this one. 1-1 one, one for me. 1-1, one, one, sitting on the fence, Tim, as always, I see. Uh, Trevor? <laughs> 4-1 to St Andrews he four goals. Well, Come on Shiners, sort them out tomorrow Prove me and Trevor wrong And finally in the Premier League It's back, Leicester against Southampton uh, What do you think Trevor? 2-2 two, two. Oh, a 2-2 two, two draw between Leicester and Southampton Tim? 1-1 one, 1-1, one. One, one. you've gone for a draw as well yeah, I've yep. gone for the typical Leicester score 1-0 one one nil. Nil. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Might as well yeah. keep on with that Because I think they're doing that And uh, well it's going to be interesting the last few weeks for yeah. Leicester, I do I do hope they hang on yeah so we'll find out next week if Tim your new tactics of saying 1-1 one, one for everything <laughs> eventually you're going to get one blank, right blank, yeah, yeah. carpet bombing 1-1 one, one. Uh, whether Trevor's uh, return to form yeah. comes with his return to his old voice uh, coming towards the end of this uh, sports talk here on Mansour 103.2 uh, tomorrow exclusive commentary uh, the Stags wear at Hartlepool United we've not got it down as a prediction here Tim so what do you think tomorrow oh I think Stags will win probably 3-1 Oh. Yeah, you know, just like we did a few years ago and got four goals, you know, it's just the sort of game, as I said last week, where we're going to raise a game, if you like, and turn the form book upside down. Matt Green to get a couple again? Possibly not, I think just one. No, fair enough. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll have that. I'm sure Matt will have that as well. That'll keep his uh, ratio going. Tim, great to have you with yep, us again on uh, Sports Talk yep. on this uh, Friday night. Yes, tomorrow. It is Hartlepool United away. Don't forget an exclusive commentary here on Manta 103.2. We're back next Friday, so have a great weekend, and we'll see you soon from me, Jason Harrison, and Tim Morris. Have a great one. Good night.